Welcome to Dream Chasers Radio, where we are always daring to be different. Get ready, get ready, get ready to be inspired. Let's get moving toward our goals. And here to make that happen is our host, Yaya Diamond. Yes, oh yes, we are always daring to be different right here on Dream Chasers Radio. Welcome, welcome, welcome to tonight's show. My gosh, we have been on the air so many times this week, and we are coming to you live from Sarasota, Florida. I mean, you know, it has been a wonderful, wonderful week, and we are just getting started. I want to thank you guys for tuning in with us on 97.5 FM, Real Community Radio in Northport, Florida, as well as on the Dream Chasers Radio, Roku, and TV networks. I have been so very busy, but also very happy because I have, like, authors, chefs, the last, I mean, I had a chef, I have a celebrity chef. I have a celebrity uh, doctor coming on uh, Thursday night, so that's going to be interesting. So it's a uh, cosmetic surgery to the stars, you know, the the plastic surgery dude coming on. So uh, you guys don't want to miss that. Um, I'm, I'm having a great time. I'm just having a great time. I'm doing what I love to do. Are you? It's nowhere to go but up from here, you guys. And I have my first guest on the show today. I want to thank the author, Eric Ribbons, for coming on. Thank you so much for coming on Dream Chasers Radio. I'm glad to be here. Awesome, awesome. So, okay, you're an author, right? So yep. you have a book. You have a book out. Eddie's of His Breath, or is it Eddie's? I, I, sometimes I torture things. Eddie, Eddie's of His Breath, Contemplations of oh. the Word. Mm. So, okay, so the the title, tell me about the title. Sure. Um, actually, I was a little inspired by reading one of today's prominent Christian scientists and thinking about fractals. Okay. And I have the image of seeing God breathing and all of these eddies and things repeating and expanding and elaborating on the theme. The book cool. is my attempt to explore some of the stories that he shares with us. Okay. Wow. Wow. And so why did you write the book? Uh, I mean, besides that, just like, you know, I understand it's your attempt, but why did you write a book about it? I mean, Sure, I understand what you're saying. Um, first of all, I actually didn't set out to write a book. I started out writing a story to share with my father. My father mm-hmm. used to be a university librarian. He loves books and he loves reading, and it was my attempt to try to connect with him. Uh, and from there, it just kind of sprawled and evolved, and pop, here it is. Wow. So when people are reading the book, you know, what what are they getting from it? Why should they read the book? That's a very good question. <clears throat> it will make you think. 
about your Christianity. I do not have an okay. agenda. I'm not pushing any particular theological position or anything. But what I want you to do is to explore and to think deeper. There are different stories, and they all can be read independently. But collectively, what they're going to do is make you think. You're going to run into some characters you know already, like Sarah, and some characters you may not know so much about, like Abraham's second wife, Keturah. But mm-hmm. imagine listening to an old Sarah rambling on about the past and regretting that she had never said she was sorry. Mm. Wow. Wow. So, I mean, this is deep. This is deep. You know, because, I mean, you're going into a, a, maybe a point where nobody else has really ventured and, and um, some kind of a different – I mean – Tell me a little about a little bit about yourself. I want to know about you because for someone to write a book like this, you have got to be interesting. <laughs> well, I hope I'm interesting, but uh, <laughs> I'm the first of all, I'm a lifelong Christian. Okay. I'm I'm the oldest of eight. My father is a university librarian. Well, he was. He's retired now, and mm-hmm. my mother. Um, has worked as a mailman, among other things. I grew up in a loving family. As the oldest child, of course, I'm the best. And uh, (laughs) that very much has shaped my way of thinking. Okay. Wow. Now, okay, so out of this whole thing, you've had to go back into the scriptures and in a deep way. I mean, which, I mean, which one of these stories is your favorite then? Well, um, in there are several that are my favorites in different ways, but I think one of my favorites is the story of Deborah. Uh, I'm sorry, okay. not Deborah, uh, a senior moment here. Uh, the, the woman <laughs> who died in Acts and was revived by Paul. Okay. Or by Peter, I mean. that's That was a fun story to write and think about because I've written the story in the viewpoint of a cheerful, chatty, nothing fancy woman talking about the idea of her death and coming back and how that has had his legacy and bad sermons. Mm. And she ends up saying, you know what? I'm going to be remembered when all these other guys are forgotten, but it's going to be bad sermons. Hmm. Well, I never really thought about it like that. <laughs> you know, I mean, well, I mean, <laughs> Go ahead. If you think about it, it is very common for people to try to wonder why God brought her back and what was going on and so forth. And we have all sorts of sermons and ideas about this poor, overworked woman who was neglected and abused and uh, God brought her back to try again or something like that. I think it's much more the idea that we are all important in different ways, and God thought she was needed. Mm. Wow. 
So which one of these was your hardest to write? I mean, this has got to be like, I mean, you really go in here, you're, you're, you're really digging in, you're really, and you're giving a different twist on this. It's like, okay, I never thought to think about it like that. One of the things that was a challenge for me is that these stories are written in the first person. Mm. So I have to try to imagine my way inside the person we're talking about and try to write like that person. Mm. And that led sometimes to some kind of funny failings along the way. For example, I I have a story about Miriam, the older sister of Moses. Mm Mm-hmm. And I wrote this wonderful story about Miriam, and my dad read it through and very politely said, now, Eric, think about it. You are trying to write like a 10-year-old girl, approximately. Hmm. Do you think a 10-year-old girl is going to talk like this? Come on. So I had to go back and redo it, and I'm trying to think about how this works. On the other hand, mm-hmm. Nicodemus's father a very educated man, they're going to talk totally differently. Mm-hmm. So that was a challenge. Mm. Wow. Wow. So, wow. What do people who've read your book say about it? Probably the best story I can tell you is about a friend of mine who I gave an early copy to. And when I talked to him later, he told me, I'm slowly reading through your book, but I can only read so much before I'm either lost in thought or overcome with emotion. Mm. Wow. That says a lot. I mean, that really does say a lot. So this is a slow reader, basically. It's one of those things that, you, like you said earlier, it makes you really think about it. I mean, this is one of those things where you have to go back and go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> you go back and read it again. <laughs> wow. Wow. It is my goal and my belief that if you read this story, your faith, your sense of things will be affected. Mm-hmm. Hopefully now, I do see a pattern here. I hope so, too. You know, I see a pattern here, though. I see a pattern. Many of your stories are about women. Why? Why women? That's a very good question. I actually didn't set out to particularly write about any particular gender. And I was Mm -hmm. kind of surprised looking back over it when I realized something like two-thirds, three-quarters of my stories are from a woman's perspective. Mm. I think... First of all, I was looking for characters about whom were actually not told a great deal. Mm-hmm. And women are often fairly briefly mentioned in the Bible, but not elaborated on. And that gave me yeah. room to stay within the biblical account and yet to explore and imagine what it might have been like. Um, another perspective, perhaps, is that I'm fascinated by women. I mm. think women are an interesting and probably superior species. 
and Uh-oh. they often have a great deal to say. Uh oh, you hit you hit the nail. You hit it. My in my my emotional nail. It right on the head. <laughs> well, I wow. think, for example, men have been running things in this country for over two hundred years. It's time to give women a turn. Wow, I've never heard a man say that. No, I have to take it back. One time on the show, I have. One time, and I don't remember when. That's how long ago. I, I don't remember when. It was only one other person I've ever heard say that. Wow. Wow. Well, what do you like to do besides writing? Well, I mean, you know, and, and loving on women, because I, I just absolutely love you for that. But we'll just go by that. We'll just forget about that. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm legally blind. Oh, okay. I actually, I can see well enough to read, for example, although my vision is getting a little smeary. My wife is quite a bit older than me, and she has Alzheimer's. So we live quite simply. I love reading, and I have probably about 3,000 books scattered around the house. Oh, wow. So you do you plan on uh, learning Braille? Well, what I plan on is one day having God say, you know, Eric, you've dealt with these eyes enough. I'm going to give you a new pair. That'd be nice. But it would be nice, but I'm not counting on it. Um, there's <laughs> definitely a large piece of me. My eyes are deteriorating very slowly. A large piece mm-hmm. of me that doesn't really believe that they're ever going to get to the point where I'd need Braille. Okay. Uh, I was talking to my older daughter, who's 23 now, a while ago, and we were getting into some serious stuff. And I said, you know, one of the things that worries me is what happens if my eyes get really bad. Mm-hmm. My dear daughter is a very blunt, pragmatic person. And she said, Dad, I have news for you. They are really bad. <laughs> but... um. Oh, gosh, to try cool. to more seriously answer your question, I think there are a variety of options. Um, okay. Audible books, large right. print books. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose Braille is an option, although I think I probably would be pretty bad at it. Um, I don't know. It's difficult to think about, perhaps, because I've been reading Almost all my life, I started reading when I was three years old, and Mm -hmm. I read quickly and naturally, and I love it, and I can't quite imagine another way of thinking about stuff. Yeah. I have a friend of mine, he's he's blind uh, from, uh, almost from birth, Um, and he reads Braille. I think it's just kind of cool. It's just a different way of reading, but it's still reading nonetheless. But I I think, you know, I think you're... Your books, would you ever consider, and I know I'm kind of like going off and I'm thinking of Braille, but would you ever consider having your books translated in Braille? Sure. If, if there was an interest cool. in it, I would certainly consider it. Awesome. My awesome. goal is to try to change people, and you can't do that if mm-hmm. they don't read it. Exactly. Exactly. I think you're a kind of cool person. I like you a lot, especially since you like women. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Does that mean you'll get me on again sometime? <laughs> of course. 
So I wanted to know how did you work on these stories? I mean, you know, because, I mean, in the first person, that's a little bit different than, you know, just reading and sitting down and reading the Bible. You just read the Bible, and it's just like it's, it's words off of a page, but it really isn't personal. So how did you work on these stories? Oh, that's a difficult question. Um, if I had to compare my book to anything, first of all, I would probably mm. compare it to Minder de Young's The Mighty Ones, which is probably a book very few people know. Minder de Young wrote back in the last century a number of books from kind of a Dutch perspective. I've always loved his writing. He wrote extensively about a few characters. I write more briefly, more vignettes about many characters. Mm-hmm. I wrote these wow. stories at a time of uh, some personal turmoil. I was living alone in a house in northern Michigan uh, around the lake from my parents' house. And I spent a fair bit of time with my parents. And these stories were a way for me to try to connect with my dear father, a way for me to explore how I really felt about some things. I mean, I've been reading about these people all of my life, but writing about them made me think about them in a different way. What could it have been like? And some of the stories came easily and some are much more difficult. For example, Rahab was a prostitute. And yeah. I have mm-hmm. seen pictures of a demurely clad Rahab with nothing but her face showing, bringing sheaves of wheat to cover the spies, whatever. I don't think that's exactly how she was. On the other hand, we're told mm. she was a hero of the faith. So how do you write about Rahab in a way that is believable and realistic and yet also right. confronts and accepts the fact that she was a good-time girl? Okay. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it, though. I, You know what? I agree with you. I really don't know. I mean, what, what do you – how do you do that? Well, um uh, as with many of my stories, they went through a number of iterations. Um, mm-hmm. And I probably was too much on the risque side at first and so forth. Um, what I tried to do or tried to do with Rahab was to think about her as somebody who had fit into a way of life sort of by default and was especially concerned about her family. I've got a pretty funny section in which she's meeting with Joshua afterwards, and Joshua says, what are you going to do? And she smiles and says, I don't know, but I'll think of something. And he says, yeah, that's what I thought. It's time to grow up. You're a girl. Be a woman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's funny to hear you talk about the women of the Bible when, like you said, there's very little about the women in the Bible, almost as if they didn't really exist, you know. And so these stories kind of bring them to light where there was no light. So are, are there any things in your book that you, you're cautious about because of 
do we miss? <laughs> uh, that's a very good question to cautious about. Um, certainly, first of all, I want to be as faithful to the Bible as I can using the New International Version translation. Mm-hmm. Probably the only significant point of difference is actually in the story of Rahab. I have her marrying Salmon, and she actually married somebody different. Okay. Secondly, um, I need to be cautious about making things plausible. It's very important for me to not just go off on wild flights of fantasy, although some people probably will say that I did do that occasionally. But Uh to make an idea that, you know, hey, I can imagine this. I can understand this. Right. Mm. And, you know, I don't don't agree that it's – I don't agree that you went off, you know, even though I haven't really – had the pleasure of reading the book. I I don't think that you've gone off. I think that you've brought to light some things that may have happened, you know, during the lives of these women that weren't recorded. It's just a travesty. So what is, what is one of your biggest mistakes that you, you made while writing this book? I mean, if you had to be cautious, there had to be a mistake or something. (laughs) Me make mistakes. I know I do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a biology professor. What makes you think Uh we make mistakes? No, No, seriously. I am not going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm just being stupid. Seriously. um, I'm sure that some people are going to find it very difficult in particular, to read my story of the thief on the cross. Mm. That was a painful one to write. Mm. Um, Some people are likely to feel that I got way too fanciful when I wrote about um, creation groaning or whatever. But I don't think it's mistakes that are going to be the problem as much that I think some of the stories may reach somebody, but not reach another body. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. Well, you know, okay. So some of the stories tell different perspectives of the same story. So like, like you have Laban's daughters tell about their unhappiness. So why? Why are they unhappy? I thought they were happy. <laughs> um, I think that that's a very sad s- set of stories. Nobody really did the right thing. You've got Leah unhappy because she's not loved by her husband. You've got Rachel unhappy because she can't have children. You have her stealing her father's gods. You have Mm -hmm. a weak, rather foolish husband who is scared and paranoid and develops all these big schemes to try to think about how things work. 
And it's fascinating to explore it in the sense of all of these people with their own bitterness, their own anger, their own grief, and then to think a little bit about what might have been if they had acted better. Hmm. What would have been better? I'm sorry? What would have been better for them? I mean, you know, I I always thought that uh, that was just the way things were and the women just had to get over it, really. I understand a little bit what you're saying, but on the other hand, um, there's always room for improvement. It would be interesting to have a a Jacob who was more willing to take responsibility and didn't make all of these wild schemes. Hmm. It would be interesting to have a Leah who doesn't just docilely go along with things but stands up for herself. It would be interesting to have a Rachel who's not so snippy and self-centered and thinks more about what other people might be like. Hmm. You're right. You're right. It would be nice. It definitely would be. Wow. Wow. Well, I think this I can tell you a little bit about another story. I have a okay. story about Keturah, who was Abraham's second wife in his old age. Mm-hmm. And people have told me it's a very charming story, but it doesn't really go anywhere. It's more okay. a description of a woman who's actually quite happy. And it's an interesting one to imagine because we can also easily imagine a scenario where we have this bitter woman slaving away, realizing when Abraham dies, she's not going to get anything. So hmm. I think a lot of my imaginings and a lot of the ideas that I'm exploring are sort of what ifs. What if it was like right. this? What if it was like that? Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Well, where can people find this book, Eddie's of his breath? Where, where can people find this book? Because I know, I already know I put it on my suggested reading list. <laughs> wow. Okay. First of all, it is available on Amazon. Mm-hmm. It's available at Barnes & Noble. It's available from the publisher. Secondly, we are actually in the process right now of setting up a website. I'm told, I'm not very good at designing websites, so somebody else doing it. I'm told (laughs) that it should be available next week. Okay. That website is ericribbonsbooks.com. Eric Ribbons Books. I'm going to go ahead and put that up. Uh, and you might want to notice ribbons is spelled with an E, not an O. Right, I so, saw that. E, yep. Mm-hmm. And I'm putting that up right now. So you guys, you know the drill. All you have to do is just go ahead and go to the description below and type in Eric Ribbons. Hopefully, the site will be up by the time uh, this by this time next week. Books. That's my hope. Yep. So, okay. And this book is just amazing. Readers, I think it has so many twists and book, turns. Readers, if you read my book, 
I'd love to know what you think about it. Drop me a Definitely. note. Let me know. Definitely. I, I think so, too. I mean, because this is something that's just totally different. Just totally different. Yeah. I like it. That's probably really the like most it. difficult thing about it. They ask me in the marketing uh, to you know, think of a comparable book to what's the genre, what am I trying to, what audience am I trying to reach, so forth. It's really a fairly different kind of thing. What I'm trying to reach are people who are interested in Christianity and interested in thinking about things. Mm-hmm. Well, a different, a different perspective. Totally different. I want to thank you for being on the show. I had such a wonderful time. It's been a real pleasure talking with you. And I, and you too. And all of you readers out there, I wish you the best, and I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Definitely. Eric, thank you so much. Yep, thank you. All right, good night. Wow. Yep. He likes women. Like in a cool way. That's so cool. I'm going to talk about you a lot, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> well. All right. <laughs> All right. Good night. <laughs> yep. That is so cool. Wow. You know, I've never had, I mean, like I said, I think I've had like one person on the show that has ever said that about women. And I, and me personally, I think that women have the opposite of what men usually have, which is that sternness. But we do have that sternness, but it's more like compassion first and then stern. But I think if we're pushed into a corner, we become like cats. We just, you know, so we have uh, another interview coming up in a minute. I'm just going to take a short break and we will be right back. You know, I am so happy that we have a sponsor on the show for the, uh, this week and next week. And our sponsor is amazing. They have children's things going on. I'm just going to let, I'm just going to just go ahead and, and play the commercial and let you guys hear about this wonderful sponsor of ours. Thank you so much. our exciting adventure club at www.duckymaze.com. Pinky and Todd will be waiting there for you with their entertaining adventures, as well as their home and garden merchandises for you to view. Enjoy our amazing home and garden website at www.duckymaze.com. And I want to thank Ducky Mays for sponsoring the show today and for the next couple of weeks. It's not that hard. All you have to do is just go ahead and contact us if you want to be a sponsor, and uh, that would be info at yayadiamond.com, info at yayadiamond.com. You know, being that the author, Eric Ribbons, did what he did, he's really got me thinking, what do people think about, you know, women in the Bible? 
and and them not really being there. It's like so sporadic, you know. You have a few stories here and there. But I know I live a life. What about the lives that are missed in the Bible, the women? Where were they? What happened? Why aren't they there? There's, there's so many questions that I have. And uh, I think that Eric, Eric Ribbon's book just may give you an insight on maybe possibly some scenarios by which the women of the Bible lived. I want to thank you guys so much. You know, being <laughs> that I have this wonderful platform to show you guys and to talk you, to talk to you and to tell you there is nowhere to go but up. When you think you have reached rock bottom, you've actually just reached your 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 platform. You've reached the platform. Hopefully you've built that platform sturdy enough so that you can take off on it again. Don't be afraid to reach you know, reach a bottom. You know, like I was told when I was younger, the same people you see going up are the same people you see coming down. So don't burn any bridges unless you have to. And But there is no really nowhere to go but up from here, you guys. You know, continue to map out your course. Continue to push. Continue to try hard. Continue to move forward in what you're doing. Write it all down. Get it good. Get it good. I'm going to take, you know, I'm so excited, though. I'm so excited about this. I'm so excited about uh, moving forward with Dream Chasers Radio. And if you didn't hear yesterday's episode, you can go back and listen because I didn't make my decision yesterday. And I'm going to take a short break, and then we're going to have a second interview. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Dream Chasers Radio with me, your host, Yaga Diamond. Oh, man, oh, man, I'm so excited to have another artist, another recording artist from all the way over in the U.K., and uh, I'm, you know, you guys know how we roll here at Dream Chasers Radio. It's just amazing. All the people that are coming to the station, they have so many things that they do, and Tuhal is no different. Welcome to the show, Tuhal. Tell everybody what you do, man. Uh, so, basically, I make music, but... It's like it's very it's like different like from you know a lot it's just different from a lot of other artists so like I try I try and keep it as basic as possible and as different I like I like to add new elements new production new flows and new vocal styles and things so like it just stands out more from someone who's really like like mainly like someone who's really like come up because if you like for come like for someone who's like coming up right now. Mm-hmm. There's nothing stopping the like the fans from listening to someone who's really using your flow but way more popular mm-hmm. because they're way more popular and it's just about clarity these days but like I try to keep myself focused by not looking at the crowd and just like focusing on my own like craft, my own flow and my own work and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like I just try to make music anyone can relate to, like uh-huh. different emotions, different emotions, different everything. 
Wow, wow. No, I mean, you know, you've been doing music now for a year, right? Yeah, yeah. About a year. And, I mean, why why choose different music? I mean, why not go kind of like the same route like everyone else? Okay. And then also that also that's a cool concept, like two house. 
And obviously, I thought to myself, that's actually like that's actually a cool concept. That I also I'll just go with it. Well, that's good. That is really cool, though. That is really cool. Now, when you think about where you've come from for this year, you know, this whole year of being in the music, this whole year of recording and being yeah. where you are today, what have you learned so far? Like in, uh, like in music or in life? Yeah, music. And, and how it relates to your life, because obviously you got the bug. It's so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like... Uh, like music wise it's just I've been getting better and better since I started because I'm always learning and so like I'd always find like new things to do or new ways to like make myself sound better or new ways to write. Even new ways to produce. Like mm. uh, it's just like anything I like get like there's also new music coming out, so if I hear anything and I'm inspired by it, I'll use it. I'll use a little bit of it. Mm. I just take any, I just take anything and remake it to my own thing. So I'm always taking things from people like an idea and like making it to my own, just make it as cool as possible. Mm-hmm. Awesome. awesome. Who's your favorite artist? I mean, since you're so different, how do you, how do you, what kind of music do you like? I listen to a lot, I listen to a lot of different music, but I listen to, uh, so, uh, so like right now, I listen to like artists like, you know, Post Malone and, like Bryce Tiller, Party Next Door. I listen to like, uh, I listen to Marilyn Manson, Lil Uzi. Uh, I listen to a lot of different things. Bob Dylan, I love Bob Dylan. Hmm. That is interesting. Uh, I love, uh, country music is, I love country music, especially Bob Dylan's folk mm. music. It's mm. just, like, it's lit. Like, I used to write basic songs, and then when I started looking into Bob Dylan, he said that he used to write like 40 pages just for one song, and now that's what I do. Like, I write so many different pages just to make one theme in your song. Wow. It's like, it's just, um, it's, I just love it. I, it's like, I, I love learning all the, the artists I like. Because, mm-hmm. like, inspiration, like, how they come up and, like, all the stuff they do, like, just sick. Wow. You know, that's interesting because, I mean, that's such a variation and so different from each other, you know, Post Malone and uh, and, and folk. It's like, okay. <laughs> really big gap. I mean, you know, they're all pretty much related. Music is music, but then you have that different, you know, those different genres of music that, I mean, I, I just think you're eclectic. I think it's amazing and wonderful. Wow. So what yeah. what do you see in your future? What What do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish with your music? personally like what I need to like like I just need uh, like I know what I have to do so like I have to make a video there's a song that the, the song that's going to be playing on the show I have to make a video for that song oh okay so what oh okay. we're playing oh okay hey we're going to be playing a song uh oh oh sorry yeah. go ahead <laughs> what else I'm sorry <laughs>
Like, I don't, I, like, it's like, to, like, for right now, personally, I want to go, I want to go doorboard. Okay. And, like, I want to go charting it. And the, the only reason I want, want to get charting is for the recognition, because, mm-hmm. basically, album has, has like, I want, uh, like, I just want to make, like, a classic album. Okay. That people are always going to listen to. And the best way to do that is by getting up the charts, because that's, all people like to listen to these days things on the chart mm-hmm. and to do yeah. that I need a big label so I just want to make as, as, I would just want to make a lot of good music as, as good as I can and like promote it as much as I possibly can so like it gets like their attention because what's upside it's like there's no going back it's already going up mm-hmm. because then you have like the investment the contacts everything Okay. Wow. So my focus is getting my focus is right now is making as the best music I possibly can, learning and getting excited so I could get to where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Now, when you think about your inspiration and you think about, you know, your life, what yeah. is the biggest what is the biggest inspiration you've had so far? Like uh from an artist or from like just general. General. Uh, in general, I'd say, like, you know, like, a lot of, like, people who, like, have a lot of regrets. Okay. But there's so many people, like, will be like, oh, I wish I did this, I wish I had that, I wish this happened, I wish I did this, that, I wanted to be this too later. And every time I see them, and every time I just see people around who just look sad and miserable, I just think to myself, oh, I don't want to be like that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be saying that. I just don't want to be saying that one day. So I just use, use it as inspiration because mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna basically they obviously gave up and just didn't do just mm-hmm. didn't do what they wanted to. But me, I'm gonna do like I just use as inspiration to do what I can and do everything in my power to make sure I don't end up like that and break out of that cycle mm-hmm. and like get to where I want to be. Do you have any? Uh, family members who support you? Did you have any problems when you did you tell them you were going to be doing this? I never told anyone at the start. But like basically, what happened was uh, I released a song, and it, like at school, it sort of like they just started getting passed around, and everyone at school found out, and then my siblings found out, and then obviously my family found out. But eventually. I was a bit, obviously I was shy of it, so I obviously they took the song off, but then eventually I, they just had out about it now. They look, like, like, it's like they support it, but like, I don't know, like, I've never really had a proper discussion of, with them about it, they're just like, let me do what I want, like, just do, do, do you, that's it. Oh, well, I mean, that's kind of supportive, because there's no protest, you know what I mean? You have people who yeah. are not protesting against you. How, does that help you? You know, knowing that you have a family that really just wants the best for you? Yeah. I have, like, a lot of, like, friends, obviously, that are really, you know, like, they're really, like, down at the looks, obviously. I just want to help them as much as I possibly can, but I obviously don't. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, like, it's like a... The thing is, though, I find that you're, the people that you, like, like, I think the people you don't know support you more than the people you do know. Okay. So it's like, um, 
there's people who just sent them music or songs or whatever, and they'll be messaging me saying, this, uh, you have to this, like, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. And then there'll be people like, you know, that'll be like, oh, no, I just leave it, give up and stuff. Yeah. It's true, but though. Out, yeah, I don't get that, though. Like, I I thought that it was people that I could see that we supported you, but, like, it's like, you leave, it's like you just leave a lot of people, though, at the come up. Mm. That's Lord Defense of the Cold. Hmm. Wow. Wow. So, your song. Tell me the name of the song, because now I'm I'm interested in the song. Now I, I, I want to hear the song. Tell me the name of the song. The song is called Brad. Did you write it? Yeah, I write everything myself. Wow. Oh, did you play all the instruments, or did you compose it? I mean, how did how do you go about doing that? So, what well, well, so basically happened, is I write so basically it's, it's actually this song is different from all the other songs because I did not write this song. This song was more of a freestyle. Mm. So basically what happened was I got I heard a beat and it was really nice and I I I added my own bits to it. Did what I had to do, fixed it all up and I just liked it and I had some lyrics written down but I felt as if I should leave them to the side, and then I just started like bubbling a melody, and out of nowhere the chorus came, and it was really catchy. And then the lyrics I wrote, I put in the song, and then I finished out most of it, which is the first time I've ever done that. I could only write. And then I I got the song mixed and mastered, and I was saying it to my cousin, and normally they would normally they wouldn't be blasting my music, but they would keep on blasting the song, and, and, and like very quickly, like even a song side, it got like. 200 plays in a day, which wow. is like, which is, which is fast. So I thought to myself, obviously this song's special. It just needs the right direction and promotion. Mm-hmm. So what I've done is I've been pushing it as much as I possibly can. So there's not any 200 views on like YouTube now, and I've already had it up there for like not long, not long, and I've not promoted any of it. Wow. So, so once I make, so because I know this song is different from every other song because of just the way people are finding it, how they reacted towards it. Mm-hmm. It's like I, it's literally now it's in my hands. I have to promote this song and make the best video possibly can to make sure it gets like the recognition it right. basically deserves. Wow. Wow. Well, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for calling in from the UK. And um, you're gonna now. You're just gonna have to go ahead and and introduce your song. So go ahead. You got the floor. Introduce your song. So basically, this is this is called Bad. You're gonna like it. So make sure you remember the name. <laughs> All right. Here That's we go. Here we go. Two hour Bad. I 